Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Are you going to put your shoes out tonight, Mike? Well, we use a stocking. Oh, so... For our St. Nick. So American. Yeah, yeah, we use a stocking. And in my house, St. Nicholas sneaks through the keyhole. Oh, he must be tiny. Well, he he's magic, is what how my mother used to refer to it. All right. So, but no, we used to absolutely celebrate St. Nick's, and tonight is the night. And um, no Krampus in our family. Yeah, not. Well, now it is, because Allison... My sister, she loves Krampus. She was at a Krampus party on Saturday. It looked like so much fun too. Did she had pictures dressed up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, we were we were a Saint Nick's family, and you'd always get like a, like one action figure or something. Oh, okay. Unless it was like the year I got coal. You were naughty. I was naughty. Yeah, so I got coal, and that was the warning that Santa was gonna. Um, you, you had time to straighten up your act, right? If so you wanted something for Christmas from Santa Claus. Wow. Well, we would always put our shoes out, and then they'd be filled with candy. Oh, so. No action figures. Nothing like that. <laughs> and thankfully no coal. <laughs> ah, but it would be like little, and it would be like little like St. Nick kind of candies. <laughs> you know, like a picture of him on a candy oh, or something like cute. that. Oh, that's cute. And anyway, so that was a fun tradition. So everybody, happy St. Nick's, happy Krampusnacht. Yeah, happy holiday so, season. Yep, hope you're having fun no matter what you celebrate and what you do. But if you were bad like me and you end up with coal in your stocking tomorrow morning or... Like if Krampus comes and beats oh, you, man. Uh, I just apologize. You know, I just, it's hard, but you know, you still have time right. to shape your act up. There's well, less than three weeks till Christmas. Right. So it's, it's still time. But remember Scrooge, he was able to do it. You know, like he turned things around. Right. He woke up with Chris's morning and then by the end it was God bless us everyone. And that could be you. So if you are a Scrooge, you still have time. You got three weeks till Christmas. All right. So Santa fills your stocking with something you really want. Yes. So we had a pretty busy week. We did. We just we were in the recording studio this weekend, and it's always a pleasure to go in the recording oh, it's studio. It's so fun. And it's uh, fun having new songs born. Yes, it is. I mean, because we've been writing songs for the podcast every week, but it's just not. It's not like we don't go to the pro studio to do that. Right. We kind of do it from home. Yeah, these are demos. And it's fun. Yeah. But uh, we want we want to have something that sounds awesome. We go right. to the studio. Yeah, these weekly demos, we do the best we can with what we have in the way of you know the studio, but. Right. But it's not the the full blown pro studio working with a, an engineer producer and a kind producer of experience. Yeah. So so that's where we worked with our producer uh, Cherry Pit Studios near Milwaukee, and we certainly had a fun time this weekend. Yes, excellent. And uh, we also the fun, fun part about going to the studios is you know you spend your whole time there. You know you're in there for you know hours at a time, and it is a little bit like a vacation. Huh? But well, because I think of it because it's like the, the real your real life of. Like all the work you do and stuff, you're just away from home for a little time, and you just you spend your whole time in this one control room or in the in the you know like when you in the drum room, and your focus is on that. You don't do anything else the entire time; it's just focusing on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we experienced like a supernatural thing this weekend. <laughs> yes, we when did we went to the studio. <laughs> so we stayed at the Holiday Inn near the studio. Yes, and it was a very nice Holiday Inn. By the way, it was a, the new one. It was a Holiday Inn mm-hmm. Express. You always trust us because you know they're built after 1956. Um, like some of the other ones when you go to like the holodomes or whatever, you know, it's like, I don't think that and those towels oh, have been there gosh. since the Nixon yeah. administration. Those sandpaper like towels. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, and we're talking about the Kennedys today and you know that the place was built when the Kennedys oh, went yeah. office. You can see that kind of architecture anyway. So, uh, but there's a nice holiday in and they had a hot tub and it was just and it had a red light in it, yeah, which is already like, like suspicious. A party, like a party hot tub. Like hot tub time machine. And it was like a hot tub time machine. Glowing weird light. Because we're like, oh, we're just going to go in the hot tub for a little bit. And then it ended up being like the middle of the night. <laughs> <laughs> and you had to go to the studio in the morning. You're like, oh no, this is really bad. Look at the clock. It's like, how did, wait, where did, right. how were we in here so long? It was a hot tub time machine. It was going back to the past. It sent us to the future. Exactly. It sent us like three hours in the future. It was time loss. So anyways, just a little warning to you that the new Holiday Inn Expresses have time machines in their hot tubs <laughs> where you get in, you have a glass of wine or something, like maybe you bring the box to the, to the hotel, a hot tub, and maybe it'll send you three hours in the future. Yes. 
but the Holiday Inn Express in Germantown definitely gets two thumbs yeah, up yeah, from Sunspot because they, they were had really a, good to us. Yeah, they had a good breakfast, fine breakfast, very delicious, and a nice hot tub. Even though it did rob us of hours of our lives, <laughs> right? I feel <laughs> I feel cheated. Like it it was missing time. Like we were abducted, <laughs> right? And I, the next day, I felt like I was abducted. To tell you the truth, a little bit. Yeah. Anyways, recording studio. So the new Sunspot recording is going to come out uh, January fourteenth. Yeah, can't wait for that. And uh, just a new EP. It's a, some songs you guys have heard from the podcast and everything, but um, we rejiggered them. And uh, they're the bigger, better versions. Yeah, they're really badass. And if you're familiar with the stuff we did on our album, Weirdest Hits, where we took songs from the podcast and turned them into gigantic rock classic <laughs> masterpieces, this is the same kind of thing we are doing with this latest EP. And that's right. Really fun. Yeah. So that was a good time being in the studio. It's St. Nick's. That's always a good time. It's Krampus knocked. And I. Do you hear that knocking on your door? Uh, what? That's Krampus. Yeah. What? Yeah, you can see the horns because you've been bad, girly. They should know I don't answer the door. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So yeah, whatever you guys are doing, I hope you're having an awesome week and a great holiday season. And let's talk about some, uh, well, current events in the entertainment world. New movie just came out called Jackie. Jackie. With Natalie Portman, who I had a crush on. And I'm jealous of her wardrobe in this yeah, movie. no, she looks great in this so movie. So cute. Natalie Portman, I first paid attention to, I think, I mean, most people first paid attention to her when they saw The Professional. I don't so, remember that one. Leon The Professional. It's uh, uh, Jacques, not Jacques. <laughs> oh, I can't think. He's a, he's a, um, <laughs> he's a French actor because it's a French movie. Oh. Leon The Professional. He's a French actor. Déperdu? Jean Renault. It's not Gerard Depardieu. Who I hear he drinks like eight bottles of wine a day. Really? Yeah, no, Gerard Depardieu knows how to party. Hey. He moved to Russia to like avoid taxes in France. Wow. So anyway. Oh, a lot. But he has a, I mean, his uh, his tolerance is massive. (laughs) He owes a lot of taxes on all that wine he had to buy (laughs) to keep his daily uh, intake going, right? Yeah. Well, Gerard Depardieu has been in some good movies, but we'll find some stories and we'll talk about him (laughs) another day because he's a good actor. He gets his own. But Jean Renault, you like to, because he's kind of like a hard, tough guy actor. And he's just fantastic in this movie, The Professional, which is directed by uh, Luc Besson, who directed The Fifth Element. Oh, okay. And he crossed over to be a major American director. But Natalie Portman plays a little girl in the perfect and oh child like, yeah and like her neighbor is a hitman okay and it's just she's she just steals the show yeah so as a child actress she just stole the show and just was awesome because I always think of Star Wars when I think of her like that's right. the first movie I remember her being huge in, right you know well and right and like the people who are they had like a. She was in Star Wars and she became famous and they had like a Natalie Portman like people on the internet put like a countdown to eighteen oh man right the welcome to the internet. <laughs> A lot, of, a lot of classy guys with a lot of time on their <sighs> hands. Oh, man. Stop. So uh, anyway, Natalie Portman um, playing Jackie Kennedy. So she's now old enough to play Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, Jackie O, the wife of President John F. Kennedy. And the right. movie is about the, the several days after JFK's assassination um, to his funeral. Oh, man. That sounds like such an uncomfortable time. You know, it looks interesting, and it's just a portrayal of a woman in, like, crisis. Yeah, yeah. But that just sounds, when I hear that, and I'm like, oh, man, do I want to spend hours experiencing that? You know, right? that sounds so painful and tragic. Like, Well, it's that, it's that era that I think is, you know, they really explored it well in the, the first couple seasons of Mad Men. Yes, that's right. And I think about that, and I, I think about my parents, too, because they were married in uh, 1960. And it's funny that their their change as they grew up because they're like, because so in 1960 John F Kennedy ran against Richard Nixon for the presidency, okay, mm-hmm. and so in 1960 they voted for John F Kennedy, but then in 1972 they voted for Richard Nixon. Oh wow! So you like you, know, you look at how people change. The tide has turned. Right, how people change over time. Funny, that's what marriage does to you. <laughs> it must. It must. Or just getting old. You know, you yeah. start and I think they were, you know, early 20s when JFK ran for president. And, okay. and, and that's a thing. Young and hopeful. And Well, you talk about the Kennedys and they have this, you know, American royalty. And it's funny because that's something that the founding fathers didn't want. Right. Period. Yeah. I don't know if we discussed this in the um, episode about paranormal presidents. Mm-hmm. But... 
the founding fathers didn't even want people to use titles for people who were used to be the president or used to be something. So like Jimmy Carter now, like when he does his Habitat for Humanity stuff and everybody's like, oh man, President Carter. Yeah. Like the founding fathers were like, no. You're the president when you are the president. This is your job. And like you take the job and do it. And it's not like a title for life. Oh, okay. You don't call somebody who's not a congressman anymore a congressman. Mm -hmm. You don't call, you know, well, during the last election, it was like, well, Secretary Clinton. Well, she hasn't been secretary since 2012. And so the founding fathers would be like, well, you kind of stop calling people that. Right. Like, you know, it would be like people still calling you a busboy from when you worked at that restaurant when you were in high school. (laughs) Yeah. It would be just like that one day. It would be just like that. Or it would have been like uh, when you delivered... When you had delivered people's beers yeah. when you were working in a golf right. cart. If, if people just were like, hey, beer girl, right. to me now. Beer me, wench. <laughs> right. So, and obviously that's the low end of it. Mm-hmm. But calling people president after they're president is the high end of it. Mm. Because the idea is they didn't want titles. Yeah. So in the British aristocracy or whatever, you become titled. Right. And that's the thing. It's like getting tenure as a professor or whatever, then you just you get that. And they didn't want that here because that's royalty. That's Of course, yeah, they're rebelling against that. And that was the whole point. Well, when you think about the political dynasties, and we don't have any Kennedys, I think, that are in office right now. Okay. But so now they're like, well, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, the, obviously the Bushes have mm-hmm. a whole family. But the Kennedys are the original yeah. like Camelot. dynasty. Yeah, Camelot. <laughs> that's what they thought. They, because that was JFK's favorite musical. Camelot, Robert Goulet, and yeah. things like that in the, in the 50s. And I've seen Camelot and I like it. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's my favorite, but that's because I've seen the I've, well, seen, I've seen Tommy. I was going to say, new Tommy things Tommy. have come out since then <laughs> right. that you've been able to enjoy. So that's fair. Right. I guess I like cats too. Even though some of that Andrew Lloyd Webber stuff is too cheesy for me, I do like cats. Um, so JFK liked Camelot. And so the, the press were, and then the tabloids got into this idea of this young, good looking. Like who's like destined? Of course, destined to be president, right? And the tabloids—they want the handsome family, you know. The <laughs> and they want scandals. So today we're talking about the Kennedy curse, and that's the idea that this family that is so wealthy, so powerful, has been so influential in shaping the American political life, also has these weird tragedies that happen. Like I think about my family, and I, I consider ourselves a Polish Kennedys. Oh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I just thought. But wow, okay. when I think about my family, and we've had some tragedies. It it's really nothing, even yeah. to the extent it's not like what's happened to these. People. Oh my goodness! Yeah, there's are. I mean, it's just generations yeah. of weird stuff happening, but also massive ambition, massive power, mm-hmm. and so when we talk about a dynasty. It's got to start with Joseph Kennedy, right? Right. The the original. So sounded like a nice guy. Uh, well, we'll talk about Joseph Kennedy. Sounds like a nice guy. <laughs> Born in 1888. Now he's the kid of Irish immigrants. Come over. They come over to Massachusetts, like where most of the Irish immigrants mm-hmm. came over. They were escaping the potato famine of the mm-hmm. 1840s, and he's born into society where maybe like you know you think of racism today. And it's generally settled around the culture surrounding the colors of people's skins or where you're, you can see that, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh yeah, what, like all white people are some kind of mass of, <laughs> of something from Italians to Irish to Polish yeah. to Norwegian or whatever. But back in the day, I mean, obviously if you've seen Blazing Saddles, you get that too, that different classes of Europeans were considered, you know, persona non grata. Sure. Right. Yeah. And the thing about Boston and Massachusetts is, so it's settled by Protestants, like English Protestants, specifically. Okay. We're talking about the pilgrims. We talked about the satanic Thanksgiving right. and all of, you know, of the uh, Salem witch trials and these English Protestants who'd come to the country to set up a new life. 1840s, you have the Irish racing over. And, it's, yep. and being Irish back then wasn't, like today it's cool because like we have the Dropkick Murphys. And it was like, yeah, Dropkick oh, Murphys. And Irish pubs are all the rage now. Right. Everybody loves Irish pubs. And St. Patrick's Day is massive. It's huge in America. Right. Like I, when I was a kid, I didn't even think it was that big. And now you see yeah. people just partying, maybe because I'm older it's, and I can celebrate a drinking holiday. I mean, that's the thing is I think that it's also because it's in the middle of winter, largely, right, <laughs> at least where here. we are. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, gosh, you know, once Christmas and the New Year holiday pass, it's like, 
what do we have to celebrate or look forward to? Right. <laughs> it's March. Hey, it's St. Patty's Day. But, but it's cool. And it's a funny thing. We're talking about St. Patrick's Day real quick. We're just talking about St. Paul. We're talking about my favorite bar in St. Paul, the Happy Gnome is a fun bar in St. Paul. But the thing is, they have like a, a parade, like a St. Patrick's Day parade in, in St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if it's a Tuesday or a Thursday or something like that. Like adults just get drunk early and in take the off day. of work and stuff yeah wow and that's what i mean like you know when we were a kid st patrick's day is maybe fun and i, yeah. I guess i've got i've got irish in my family and that's great yeah we'd always have a special little corned beef and cabbage for dinner that night sure, or my, something fun right my dad likes corned beef so he'd be like yeah we have yeah. that or maybe you'd make a little card for your mother or something like that in second grade but the idea of like getting wasted and walking through this like seeing oh, adults do that in the it's streets nuts and we've experienced it also several times while we were down in Austin for oh, South yeah. by Southwest because that occurs during the same week usually or around that date. And it's our guitar player's birthday. Yeah, so we're going to be partying me. anyway. But the idea is just, I, I don't but, remember that kind of thing. Yeah. Kid. And the, the past few years where it's landed d- right during South by Southwest and it, it's just, I mean, you take madness and you multiply it times right. 10. It's crazy. Green beer. It's People like, with, well, you know how they turn the river green in Chicago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's crazy too. I when, think. when Joe Con- Kennedy's family came over, from Ireland. That's not what you did in Massachusetts. You know, they were considered right. the, they were the low end of the totem pole. But his family was trying to, you know, change that. Ambitious. You know, they, they were up against what they call the Boston Brahmins. A Brahmin was the highest end of the Indian, the, the Hindu caste system. Or, caste or caste? I think it's caste. C-A-S-T-E. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Is that they had the untouchables at the bottom. Right. And then you have the Brahmins at the top, the, the, the highest members of the class. And so you had that old school Protestant, because Catholics were no good in, yeah. in, in England. Just watch a man for all seasons if you want to catch up on that. And his family, he's just like, you know what? We're going to get involved, get rich, find business. Joe Kennedy is Mr. Ambition. Okay. Born 1888. He marries Rose Kennedy. Okay. Who, who is the, uh, the daughter of one of the Boston mayors. Right? So a famous Boston mayor. Wait, her name was Kennedy already? I'm sorry. Rose Fitz. Fitz. (laughs) All right, just checking. But uh, the mayor was Irish too. She's Irish. I mean, this embarks on a, like he is creating a family that he wants to take over the country. Like Mm -hmm. Joseph Kennedy. So he has ambitions for this. He's, he's. Yeah. Like envisioning. I mean, he he's, becomes wealthy in business dealings. They say he's a bootlegger, like after Prohibition, or not really, a, like I can't find the evidence that he was a bootlegger, mm-hmm. but he did invest in a whole bunch of Hollywood studios in the 1920s. <sighs> and eventually, it was his work that formed the RKO studio, a famous movie studio. But I had no idea that Kennedys were involved at all in the movie Yeah, business. wow. Well, other than the, the celebrity connections later on. Right. But in the 1920s, Kennedy made huge profits from reorganizing and refinancing several Hollywood studios, ultimately merging several acquisitions into Radio Keith Orpheum Studios, RKO. So he's not necessarily a bootlegger. After Prohibition ends, though, he goes to Scotland, comes back with all the rights to distribute scotch in the United States. (laughs) Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Right. So he, he didn't necessarily break the law. Not that I think he'd be opposed to breaking the law. But... He becomes the chairman of the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission. Okay. Right? So he gets this really it's important yeah, really Im- important job and then gets the ambassadorship to the UK. So he becomes the United States ambassador to the United Kingdom, Joseph uh, Kennedy. Like he go- he's just a really you know, a powerful person. He went for it. Right. And, well, some things start happening to the family. A, a little, the the bad stuff kind of starts happening. Okay, so the curse is in play. Right. After he goes to the UK, he basically has to step down because he makes some remarks after the the Nazis came to power. Uh-oh. And then there's a Battle of Britain. So the Battle of Britain is the Nazis are bombing the Blitz. They're bombing right. London. They're bombing, you know, and you guys remember the line, the witch in the wardrobe, right? So in line, the witch in the wardrobe... It's during the Blitz, so the kids have to go to the country, right. and that's where they find the wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And so, but he is the ambassador to the UK during the Blitz, so he talks some crap about the UK, and he says, for some reason, democracy is finished in England, and it may be here in the US as well. 
he was meeting with like the Germans who were supporting Hitler. Yeah. And he just, he wasn't as opposed to the rise of the Nazis as you'd think that an American uh, would be. Okay. Right? So then he is kind of, he's escorted out because <laughs> he doesn't want the U.S. to get involved in the Second World War. Okay. So there was a big, there's a faction at the time and there's Franklin Roosevelt on one side and he wants to sell weapons to England and help them mm-hmm. against right. the Germans. Hitler. His ambassador doesn't. I see. So Joseph Kennedy is an isolationist. Wow. The, yeah. That's... I, and we, you know, we, we think of now, we're like, well, Iraq, people can be against the Iraq war, people against uh, the Vietnam war. But we think of World War II as like the last good war, you know, like not good, but... <laughs> Good versus evil, like yeah, like you, you couldn't avoid being involved mm-hmm. in the Second World War. Right. You couldn't just sit back and just yeah. say, "You guys do whatever." Couldn't ignore what was going on. <laughs> Joseph Kennedy was an isolationist. He did not want to get involved in the Second World War, and that ended his political ambition uh, for himself. Okay, but he wasn't one to quit. He was asked to leave, <laughs> but he, I mean, but his ambition wasn't one to quit. Mm, I see. All his, I mean, his his son served in the Second World War. Joseph Kennedy Jr. was a a pilot, and known as like a brave military. Anyway, his plane exploded over the English Channel, Ugh. and Joseph Kennedy Sr. wanted his son Jr. to mm-hmm. be the one. He wanted him to be oh, a war hero. Sad. He wanted yeah. to be a war hero, and then he wanted him to run for president. Yeah. So that was the idea. He was grooming that. Right. In fact, like he made a deal with Roosevelt oh. that when Joseph would run eventually for the governor of Massachusetts, Roosevelt would help him. I see. Okay. So that must have been a pretty big heartbreak when his right. son was shot down. So now let's talk about how the curse happens. Cause, mm. So Joseph Kennedy is a real bastard. <laughs> well, he just, like he's ambitious. He wants what he wants. I mean, he, he, think he's about power hungry some, and he's just... Doing whatever it takes to get the power. Right. Think That's about Tony Soprano. Okay. Or somebody, you know, a, yeah. a mafia kind of person. Like, And it's funny that the Kennedys are famous for being liberals because Joseph Kennedy's politics were extremely conservative. Hmm. That is interesting. In fact, he was a huge supporter of Eugene McCarthy, the senator from Wisconsin. Whoa. That did all that. Not very nice. Right. The House on american Activities Committee. Mm. He was a big supporter. And in fact, he like made a deal with Eugene McCarthy that John F. Kennedy, his son, when he was a senator and about to run for president, wouldn't talk any smack about Joseph McCarthy. Wow. So let's go to the curse. Yes. Right. So you have a little, so here you have right. a very ambitious guy that has a bunch of kids and wants to, wants to rule the world. He's basically trying to take over everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He got rich. And now he wants his kids to be powerful. Well, here's the things that start happening. We just talked about Joseph Kennedy Jr. dies when his plane explodes over the English Channel as, as yeah. World War II. But going before then, 1941, his daughter Rosemary is, um, well, she's trouble. She's mood swings. She's a little crazy. And he arranges to have a, a lobotomy for her. Ooh. So this is, I mean, lobotomies are, I don't know how cool at the time, but people perform lobotomies. And, and we learned, I learned at the Alton uh, Haunted America convention when we went to the um, Trans-Allegheny <laughs> Lunatic Asylum presentation and they showed us what a lobotomy is. Horrible. Right. Like I mean, basically an ice pick to the eye. Your frontal lobe, <sighs> they remove a piece of it. So um, nasty. Anyway. That's a pretty extreme measure to take, so, you know, it, it's... And it's and Rosemary ends up being... Her lobotomy's botched. Oh. And the doctors talked about it, and they said what we did was... she. They asked her to, oh. like, sing a song uh-huh. so they knew they wouldn't go too far when That's they went so in. So she's awake nuts. while they're cutting into her frontal lobe, and they're asking her to sing America the Beautiful. Oh my gosh. While they do it. Torture. Just torture. Well, I mean, Rosemary, they did say that she was, you know, she was a troubled young woman, but the lobotomy ruined ruined her life. Yeah. I mean, ruined it in the way that she was unable to speak or walk. Terrible. In in an institution in Wisconsin, Jefferson, Wisconsin, not even that far from here. Yeah, we drive past there all the time, going to Milwaukee. 
So she was in an institution in Jefferson, Wisconsin. She eventually died in 2005 at the age of 82, Rosemary wow. Kennedy. So that's kind of the first tragedy. And that's, I mean, that's, that's just so sad. But and the fact that they would... Well, they would just disable She's her. got mood swings. Let's, let's take care of this problem. Well, and during John F. Kennedy's political rise, mm-hmm. they would refer to Rosemary as mentally retarded, <sighs> not mentally ill. Because mentally ill means there's something wrong in the genes. You know what I mean? And I really do think about that particular generation of people. Because I think about my parents. Like, mental illness to them mm-hmm. seems like a, like a weakness. Like, we think about mental oh, illness today. Oh, sure. Yeah, the stigma and attached to it. And I'm not blaming them for it. No, I'm but from... The, the generation yeah. of people. Think of me- mental that, illness as a weakness. That point in time, it was... Yeah, it was like a, there was a real stigma to admitting or... There's something wrong with it. <laughs> yeah. So in, instead of saying like, oh man, there's just, they're just ill... And there's something wrong or, with them. It's that there is something that you have done. It's a choice you made. Yeah. That made you weak or crazy or things like that. Or you're so weak you can't deal with it. Mm-hmm. So it's a problem for you, whereas right. most of us just, you know. <laughs> so that's a tragedy. And I'd kind of known about that, but I never really paid attention. It's yeah, And I just, the idea that her dad, her father, oh. would be like, yeah, let's cut her brain open. Just is disgusting. And then after it's messed up, then oh, just stick her in an institution somewhere. And they like, said they never talked about her again. Oh, it's so sad. It's terrible. You would not mention Rosemary's name in the house. Sick. Well, so then uh, Joe Kennedy Jr. dies in August of 1944. And then September 1944, Kathleen Kennedy, another one of the kids, her husband is killed by sniper fire in Belgium. Mm. And so World War II kills a couple Kennedys, you know, right there. And, you know, you got to say, like, so, like, JFK, like, he served on, like, a PT boat with distinction. Like, they made a movie about, you know, <laughs> profiles and courage, and that JFK was a uh, a totally sweet, you know, like, captain in the Pacific fighting the Japanese. And, and I do have to hand it to that, Kennedys, that they all, like, they fought in the war. Oh, they served. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, dangerous things, like, mm-hmm. and, you know, people... They weren't just little rich kids that, you no, know, sir. like they went in and did their time with the military. And we were, I think we were talking about this yesterday. We were talking about royalty. That's part of the tradition of royalty is that the kids might be a lot of things, pampered, spoiled, mm-hmm. et cetera, but they, they kind of have to serve in the military. Like that's the danger. You could get trampled by yeah. a horse or like something like Prince that. Prince Harry. That's right. He went to Afghanistan, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, I believe so. And that kind of thing. So that the royalty actually... And when you think about American royalty, so the Kennedys served. They were, World War II was their time. So more tragedy uh, befalling them. So we were just talking about how Kathleen Kennedy's husband died in the Second World War. Well, she dies four years after he does Oof. in a plane crash in France. So, you know, this, this war took out two kids of the Kennedy yeah. family from Joseph and, and Rose. But when you think about dying in a plane crash, too, that's such an uncommon, like statistically uncommon thing. Mm-hmm. Like a soldier at war back then. Right. That's going to happen. That yeah. happens now. Right. But I mean, this is where the curse part of it seems a little bit more where you're like, wow, a plane crash. That's kind of a yeah, know, like, an oddball incident. Well, so, so JFK, the uh, eventual president of the United States, like we could do a whole, obviously, I mean, JFK conspiracies and stuff like that. And we'll attack that sometime. We talk to an expert, maybe has some new... Oh, the conspiracy. Yeah, yeah there's a ton of Who info has, on that. So, you know, and you can find a lot of podcasts about it. Coast to Coast does a Kennedy thing every year, November 22nd. Yeah. But the thing about JFK was that, I mean, he's a larger than life character. He is the the second. Yeah, you know, think about Game of Thrones for a second. <laughs> so, Ned from Game of Thrones, the first, you know, he, Ned's life of Game of Thrones kind of sets the whole story up. Uh huh, right. Well, Ned was never supposed to be the leader. Mm. he had an older brother who was killed. And so he had to step up and be the leader because his older brother was killed. Mm-hmm. And you think that that's kind of JFK too. He had okay. his older brother, Joseph. Think Joseph J- Jr. Yep, Joseph Jr. <laughs> well, you think about the Bush family too. Yeah. Like George right. Bush was the oldest, but Jeb was the smartest. Everybody wanted him to be the, the guy. And Jeb's, you know, he's retired and George got to be president for eight right. years. And so John F. Kennedy is then, he's the next up. And that was, I mean, the death of Joseph Jr. obviously crushed His Joseph father, Kennedy. Yeah. He's, but he's got another son, so. And so what he does, John F. Kennedy comes back from the Second World War, war hero. Young, handsome, studly, rich, like all the things you love. Like he's a superstar. 
he runs for the House of Representatives, Massachusetts. Wins. He's a representative. Runs for Senate. Wins. Joins the Senate with Richard Nixon. They're like buddies in the beginning. Really? You know? Yeah. Like, or they're friendly with each other. <laughs> and also, Joseph Kennedy, since he supported the House Un-American Activities Committee, that uh, Eugene McCarthy. Oh. Oh, my God. It's Joseph McCarthy. Eugene McCarthy is the guy with a like a ventriloquist dummy. What? The, the senator from Wisconsin is Joseph McCarthy. This is the second <laughs> time I said Eugene McCarthy. <laughs> and Eugene McCarthy is a guy that had a ventriloquist dummy. You can keep this in there. It's pretty stupid. He's not a senator from Wisconsin. Okay, it's okay. He's I didn't notice it. Dummy. I didn't notice it when you said it, so... Uh, so sorry about that. <laughs> but here's the thing. So Richard Nixon was like Joseph McCarthy's assistant right. in the House of American Community. <laughs> and so Joseph McCarthy liked Nixon because of that. And so eventually when JFK ran against Nixon, Joseph, McCarthy, or jo- Joseph Kennedy even told <laughs> Nixon, he's like, hey, if it weren't for my son, you'd be my pick. Whoa. Dang. Right. So JFK marries Jackie, Jacqueline Bouvier. And funny, The Simpsons named that's the um, Marge. Yeah, that's her. What are they maiden called? name? Maiden name. Her maiden oh, name is funny. Marge Bouvier. That's funny. But um, so he marries her. 1955. She has a miscarriage. So that's Ooh. one of the first tragedies. August 9th, 1963. They have a son, Patrick, who dies two days after his oh, birth. Oh, sad. 39 hours. He dies, and. Jackie couldn't even go to the funeral because she was still recovering from the C-section. Oh, my goodness. So that's, I mean, huge tragedy. Happens to the sitting president. Terrible. You know? And now this happens in 1963. Well, we know what happens a couple months later in 1963, November 22nd. That's right. He's assassinated by Lee Harvey Oswald. And something I learned today, we talk about the Kennedy curse. Yeah. That wasn't the first time somebody tried to kill him. Oh. And I... I don't know why I never knew about this, but a guy named Richard Paul Pavlik, uh, a dude from Boston, hated the Kennedys because he hated Catholics, and the Kennedys were famously Catholic. They were the he was the first Catholic president, wasn't he? He's the only Catholic president. Oh, wow! And you know, the funny thing too is that people really thought that JFK would like listen to the Pope. Or something like, like like that he'd be like, oh yeah, because def- he was Catholic, he would defer to the Pope. Well, then maybe he'd get the disclosure. <laughs> right, the Pope and the UFO disclosure. <laughs> but the funny thing is, like any of the Kennedys, like, I mean, Joseph Kennedy Sr. had a, yeah. fam- had a famous uh, affair with Gloria, the actress Gloria Swanson. If you guys don't know who Gloria Swanson is, there's a uh, movie called Sunset Boulevard about an aging starlet. And she's all drunk and she says, she's crazy and she says to the camera, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille. And so if you've heard that reference before, that's oh, Gloria Swanson. And there was a musical. Wasn't a Sunset uh, Boulevard. That's right. Your favorite, Andrew, Andrew Lloyd Webber. <laughs> yes. So about that aging starlet. Well, Joseph Kennedy was getting on with her back in the 30s mm. when she really was ready for a close-up. Yeah. And, and we can get into the womanizing of the Kennedy. But the fact is, if you think these guys are good Catholics, I mean... Having sex with every woman you see oh. is not, when you're married, isn't okay with not the church. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. The Pope would be like, high five. Okay. Uh, so, so, but this guy, Richard Paul Pavlik, he hated Catholics, mm-hmm. hated the Kennedys because they were rich and they're cocky and they're like ruling the world. So he just decided he wanted to try to kill them. Yeah. Hmm. So nice. he turned his property over to a local youth camp. He loaded everything he owned into a 1950 Buick. And then he shows up in Palm Beach, Florida, where the Kennedys have a, like a beautiful, you know, obviously Palm Beach mansion. kind of Compound. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> and he shows up at 10 a.m. on Sunday, December 11th, 1960. This is after Kennedy won the election. Right? So it's like just less than a month or around a month after Kennedy wins the election, he's going to kill him. And then... He goes, shows up at the church, St. Edward Church in Palm Beach, Florida, and he's got a car loaded with dynamite. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's going up big. That's terrifying. It's not just like not a gun, yeah, yeah. not poison. He's got a car loaded with dynamite, mm-hmm. and he's going to run it in the JFK. But he sees Jackie, 
and he sees the two kids they have. Mm-hmm. And he decides against it. Pulls the plug. Mm-hmm. Wow. So he didn't even show himself. No, he didn't like like run the car over or whatever. But then like the cops spotted him and they, they found his car that had seven sticks of dynamite. Ooh. Yeah. And they arrested him. And then he, he eventually went to a United States public health service mental hospital in okay. Missouri. But JFK was cool about it, I guess. He said that Kennedy was merely bemused when he found out about the threat. Wow. That's pretty casual. Pretty Eh, cool about the eh, whole thing. You know. Well, and then obviously he's killed November 22nd, 1963. And that is the, you know, when I think about that event, when I was growing up, you know, it was less than 20 years. I remember the first time I'd hear about it after the event. And it really was for a certain generation, like my school teachers. Yeah. That was the event that defined yep, him. Totally. Was it the John F. Kennedy assassination? And you think about so many, uh, we look at TV shows and, you know, one of our favorites obviously is Quantum Leap. Yeah. Scott Bakula. Scott our man. Well, one, a funny thing about Quantum Leap is that they didn't want to do it where he leapt into the body of anybody famous. For the oh, first like, okay. four seasons. Like, sure. like the one thing we're not going to do is he's not going to leap into the body of anybody famous. Which is cool. It is cool, but ratings are slipping in 1992. Uh-oh, here we go. And so NBC oh, no. said to the you know, producer, you got to step it up. Time to step it up. And that's why there's like an Elvis episode and everything. But there's also an episode, uh, the first in the season, like the, the, the special event where he leaps into the body of Lee Harvey Oswald, the assassin of JFK. Now, what's funny is that the year before Oliver Stone's JFK comes out, where Kevin Costner is investigating. Right. And it's a great movie. It, obviously, it makes it look like a conspiracy that John F. Kennedy was killed. I'm not saying it wasn't a conspiracy. What I'm just saying is like that's, that's Oliver Stone's idea. Yeah, that was that angle of the particular movie. Mm-hmm. And the, but actually, you know what I think was the, was the funniest, not the funniest, but the most interesting thing about that particular movie was not just Oliver Stone taking New Orleans District Attorney William Garrison's obsessive research about JFK assassination. It was the fact that he tried to recreate the Zapruder film. What's the Zapruder film? What is the Zapruder? The Zapruder film is this guy named like William Zapruder, and he's got like a Super 8 camera of the assassination. Okay. So he's, this is the only documentation we have. Oh, So he's got the camera rolling. Because he wanted to like tape it for his kids. Yeah. And that's when people are doing the research behind like, well, what happened? Um, how did his, like, where did his head go? Where, you know, where did they think the sure, shots came yeah. from? That was the only non-biased. Visual evidence. Of the assassination. Yeah. So that, the Zapruder film is a, a snuff film mm-hmm. because it's a man yeah. being killed on film. But Oliver Stone tried to recreate that film as oh, closely okay. as possible. In high definition. <laughs> right. In film, not super eight. <laughs> right. You know, whatever they shot that movie on. And so JFK comes out and this renews the whole interest in uh, the idea that Kennedy assassination is something like a conspiracy and that it was powers in the military or it was the CIA yeah. who thought that he was letting them down or the people who wanted to pursue the war in Vietnam and JFK had changed his mind about the war in Vietnam. And so they had to kill him because of that. And then LBJ took over and LBJ was all gung ho for Vietnam. Well, so what happens is that the quantum leap episode is made as an actual reaction to the movie JFK. Oh, interesting. And it's interesting that the guy that wrote the episode and the creator uh, was a TV producer named Donald P. Belisario. He met, Lee Harvey Oswald in 1959 because they were both in the Marine Corps at the time. And he did not believe that the assassination was a conspiracy and he believed that Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone shooter. So that's what the show portrays. Ah, okay. That Lee Harvey Oswald is the lone shooter at JFK and Sam leaps into his body during oh, those two man. episodes Brutal. Of, of Lee Harvey Oswald. So if you're looking for something fun about the Kennedy assassination, uh, <laughs> there's... <laughs> right. Woo. There's a good quantum. Well, and that's the thing, though, because JFK's assassination was such a big deal. It turned into yeah. 
a, a source of entertainment for us. Yeah. So, you know, I'm looking at an article right here. 17 alternate retellings of the JFK assassination. Wow. Right? Time traveling history professor who dies in JFK's place is an episode I remember from the new Twilight Zone. They made an 80s Twilight Zone. <laughs> and this this history professor travel is a is a big fan of JFK. He travels back in time to observe the assassination, but he tries to warn the president, gets involved in it, and then he ends up switching out himself mm, okay. for JFK. So JFK lives in the future, but this guy dies. The cigarette smoking man in the X-Files was supposedly the actual assassin of JFK. Oh, yeah. There's a movie with Bruce Campbell, nerd icon Bruce Campbell. There's a movie oh, called yeah. Bubba Hotep, where he plays Elvis in a nursing home. Oh. So the idea is that he switched out with an Elvis in the seven with an Elvis impersonator. He switched out because he couldn't handle being famous anymore. Sure. And just like lived the rest of his life in Texas. Oh, that's cute. It's based on a Joe Lansdale story. It's really good. But he, so he tells everybody he's Elvis. But also there's a black guy, actor Ozzie Davis, who a lot of you guys would recognize. He, Ozzie Davis says that he's JFK. So the idea was that JFK traded out too and changed the color of his skin. Hmm. And they're both living in this yeah, nursing sounds, home. Sounds very interesting. And that's super fun. So Bubba Hotep is a classic if you guys haven't seen it. But the thing is, the idea of the assassinations of entertainment, like so much the conspiracy aspect of it, the, it's so into the the culture as this watershed moment of the 1960s mm-hmm. that we do we have used it as a source of entertainment and that's just kind of the beginning of you know we keep on going on the curse and a year later ted kennedy his brother who's now the uh senator from massachusetts ted kennedy involved in a plane crash in which one of his aides and the pilot were killed ted's pulled from the wreckage and spent weeks in the hospital that's june of 1964 Jeez. All right, and what happens five years after JFK is killed? His brother, Robert Kennedy, is assassinated in Los Angeles following a speech. Mm. He just won the Democratic presidential primary in California, and he's assassinated that night. So JFK dies. His brother, who is his attorney general, then is, is murdered. So now this is three Kennedy brothers, right? Three Kennedy brothers are dead. The sister... Kathleen, she died in that plane crash oh my in France. And Rosemary is a vegetable in Jefferson, yeah, Wisconsin. So five and if you've kids. been to Jefferson, Wisconsin, she wasn't the only vegetable. Oh. Hey. So, uh, Ted Kennedy, 1969. Now, this is one of the saddest incidents, what happens. Anyway, Ted Kennedy leaves a party. He's drunk. He drives his car off a bridge at Chappaquiddick Island. And... His 28-year-old colleague, Mary Jo Kopechny, she's inside. She dies. Ted leaves the scene, <sighs> goes home, and doesn't call it until the next morning. That's messed so, up. Right. So, I mean, obviously, this is a horrible thing. I mean, people have politicized the Chappaquiddick incident. Ted Kennedy was thinking about running for president in 1976, had a whole thing. But uh, really, that the fact that he did something that scummy oh, yeah, that's made it so... Tragic. But he did remain senator from Massachusetts for like the next 50, you know, 50 years. But um, so Ted Kennedy, he's got a statement a week later. He's on TV. He's apologizing for the incident and everything. He goes, I wonder whether some awful curse did actually hang over all the Kennedy. Mm. Well, your brothers were killed. Just, you know, your sister, something horrible happened to her. You. Right. Like a curse doesn't make you choose to not. To drive off a bridge. An accident. <sighs> um. August 1973, Joseph P. Kennedy II, driver of a car that crashed and left his passenger, Pam Kelly, paralyzed. Oh, my goodness. Ted Kennedy Jr. has his right leg amputated in 1973. Martha Moxley bludgeoned to death at the golf club. Ugh. 1975, there's a Kennedy uh, that's considered to be the, the murderer, not found guilty until 2002. April 1984, David Kennedy dies of a cocaine overdose in Palm Beach. 1991, William Kennedy Smith arrested and charged with the rape of a young woman at their estate in Palm Beach. Palm, Palm Beach is the place where they go play, Jeez, where they go do horrible things. Nasty. 1997, another Kennedy dies in a skiing accident in Colorado. And this one's kind of sad. Well, I guess they're all kind of sad. But uh, JFK Jr., John F. Kennedy's son, he's flying his plane 
uh, and crashes in the Atlantic Ocean with his wife and sister-in-law. I remember, remember that? that. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And the JFK Jr., like there's that famous picture of, they called him John John. Oh, cute little there's, kid. Right. There's a famous picture of him so standing sad. while the motorcade comes through with his father's coffin. <sighs> and he grew up to be a publisher. He published a magazine called George and was kind of a celebrity in his own right. And I think he dated Daryl Hannah. Hmm. Dated a bunch of famous <laughs> people. Okay. But um, I, I don't know that for sure. But the thing is, is that, anyway, Jeff has a crazy, another plane crash death. Then 2012, there's a suicide. Um, the wife of Robert Kennedy's son, Mary Richardson Kennedy, she kills herself at their mm. home in Westchester, New York. And in 2012, also, we have a Carrie Kennedy who sideswiped a tractor trailer on Interstate 684 in Westchester oh. County while under the influence of Zolpidem. Hmm which uh, she said she mistook for her daily thyroid medication. Oh. I've never heard of Zolpidem, but obviously if you take Zolpidem, Sounds scary. don't drive. So that, I mean, the curse, like look at all these horrible things that happened to this family. Yeah, that's some tragedy, all right. And maybe it's just because they had so many kids. Yeah, just statistically. <laughs> right. More people for things to happen to. You know, Robert Kennedy alone had 11 children. Which, I mean, that's great. That's a large family. But man, that's a big family. Yeah. And obviously he can afford it or something like that. Sure. But I mean, we, we, you know, we think about John and Kate plus eight or the Goslins or whatever. And they got eight kids, but 11 kids. So just a few years ago, there's a book uh, that explores the Kennedy curse. 2003, the Kennedy curse, why tragedy has haunted America's first family for 150 years. Mm. And it went into the illnesses that JFK suffered, and it also did a, a whole bunch on his, well, we talk about JFK, a lot of people talk about his womanizing, Yep, his uh, supernatural sex drive, as it were. <laughs> Even though I read a very interesting article today, and we'll link this in the show notes at othersidepodcast.com slash 121, that really, he didn't get it out with Marilyn Monroe. Or there's only one time where oh, actually okay. that could have happened. So oh. it's, I mean, I guess people kind of just take that as a fact now that, that the Kennedys, yeah. that Robert Kennedy and JFK. Right. And, you know, I don't necessarily like that idea of Marilyn Monroe as just this kind of sex trophy that passed from man to man. Yeah. You know, you forget the fact that she was ambitious and intelligent yeah. and, you know, and she had plans in her own right. She wasn't just like, oh my God, I'm here. Let's do it. Oh. And... <laughs> But it's it's a good article, and it basically says there's really only one time that they might the have opportunity had would have been there that I the see. opportunity would have been and that and guess where that was where Palm Beach oh man Palm Beach is where the Kennedys go should to have play. just rope that place off and <laughs> right. cut it off limits to everybody so it really is an interesting thing because this family has just been under the spotlight all for so many years and. You know, there's some of the conspiracies about JFK. You know, there's even, you can find on the internet that oh. they said that he had, he had asked about, cause you remember, so John F. Kennedy, what, one of the things he's famous for is he's the guy that started the whole moon race. Right. You know, he said, we're going to go to the moon by the end of the decade. And that was his vision. You know, he wanted to see that. So there's like a letter that he writes to the military saying like, hey, I want to get some of those reports on flying saucers and send it over to NASA. <laughs> and it's the day before he's assassinated. Oh, wow. so the idea is that he's yeah. looking for so disclosure people, yeah. on UFOs that got him into trouble, and th so they kill him the next day. That's <laughs> you know that's one story conspiracy. Here's an interesting thing about Robert Kennedy, though. So Robert Kennedy, he was senator uh, from New York State. He was attorney general for his brother, and then he ran for the presidency mm -hmm. in 1968, and was was a kind of like people thought he was going to win. Uh, he won California, but. You know the singer Bobby Darren? Mm, yeah. Splish splash. I, I was, was taking, taking a, a bath. bath. Yeah. So this is from a, a 1969 magazine. Okay. July 1969, actually the same month we went to the moon. Ooh. Bobby Darren tells of a mystic revelation he had at the grave of Robert Kennedy. Whoa. So he's standing at the grave of Robert Kennedy just after the burial service. 
And Bobby Darren experienced a mystic revelation so powerful and rich in meaning was this to him that it not only expanded his wisdom about the significance of human life, but changed the whole direction of his inner and outer self. Whoa. He describes it as a, quote, metaphysical illumination, unquote. For the few hours, as the aura of RFK's spirit surrounded him, Bobby experienced what the Oriental call satori, or a sudden realization about himself and the world. Mm. And since then, he's like, he's like, well, this is since then. It's 1969. Yeah. He goes, the old Bobby Darren is gone for good. There's a new me, a better me, a person who's at peace with himself and striving to the only one thing, to help the world change towards goodness, just as the late Senator Kennedy ardently desired. Splish, splash. <laughs> no, but it's the funny thing that he, people really, when they think about these, this family, this dynasty, yeah. this, these royalty, these royals, like Bobby Darren treats him like I was there at his funeral and I felt something. Mm-hmm. You know, all the people who were in love with JFK and the idea of this is a new kind of American. This is, you can, you know, we always joke about, well, we never have kings and queens in the United States. Yeah. Well, we did. Yeah. You know, true. people fell for it. Yeah. I mean, princes and stuff like that. Like we've, we've had it. We yeah. have it. There was a Kennedy in elected office from like 1947 to 2011. It's a long time. Yeah. It's a, so almost 70 years you have one of them in office. And I think now is one of the first times that we don't have it. And mm. it's interesting that I mean, no curse things have happened in the last few years either. That's true. So if, if all these things happen in the 1940s, after Joseph Kennedy starts on his ambition to rule the U.S. Power, megalomania. Right. And there's no Kennedys in office anymore. And the curse has kind of stopped for a little mm-hmm. while. Then, you know, what, what do they think say? it is? Well, there's an interesting article too. Now, Joseph Kennedy, people say, was a, um, an anti-Semite. You know, oh. that he had colluded with the Nazis. And, you know, there is the idea that there's a rabbinic curse. That like a, a Jewish rabbi said, well, you're an, you know, they cursed them because uh, of Joseph Kennedy's anti-Semitism and his desire for isolationism, which would have appeased the Nazis. Because if we didn't go into World War II, the U.S. didn't go into World War II, the Germans probably would have won because mm-hmm. we wouldn't have had D-Day. In fact, there's a book called The Fatherland, and it's an alternate history of the United States after the Second World War. The mm-hmm. idea is the Germans won. Ooh. Joseph Kennedy is the president in Fatherland. Ah, They made a good movie too, but Rutger Hauer is the main character. And there's also that show called The Man in the High Castle. Yes. On Amazon. That's about what if the Nazis ended up in the world. Based on our man, Philip K. Dick. Right. Who we talk about just a few episodes ago. But um, the idea that Jewish magicians believe in the validity of a curse they thought that was placed on Joe Kennedy and his male offspring. Hmm. Um, Jack Ruby, who killed Lee Harvey Oswald. He was Jewish. Also, the idea that the Mossad, that David Ben-Gurion, who was one of the founders of Israel, he's one of the big guys, like in the book uh, Exodus, the movie Exodus, that he had something to do with Kennedy's assassination, mm. the Israeli Secret Service, the Mossad that uh, famously takes down terrorists and things like that, that he also, they had something to do with JFK's assassination. So it, it's that idea that because Joseph Kennedy didn't have a lot of wonderful things to say <laughs> about the Jewish people, yeah. that that curse You're getting revenge on him was the result. Hmm. Um, and so I, I just thought it was an interesting because I never, I never thought about it, like what if it was because of his anti-Semitism that they're like, you know what? Some magician cast a curse and so many children died and so many people happened because the man with all the ambition, you know, the Bible does say the sins of the father are revisited upon the son. Ah, Joseph Kennedy had plenty of sins. That's true. And obviously the tragedies were revisited upon all of the kids. Yeah. And so, well, That's just a little bit on the Kennedys, a little happy news. Do you think you're going to go see the Natalie Jackie Portman movie? movie? No. No? <laughs> no, like you said, like it's going to be- for Netflix? Probably a downer. I know. And that's why, I mean, it looks cool because I love to see the costuming and all that. Right. But man, I just can't imagine it being any kind of uh, uplifting. <laughs> no. And also, you know, I just can't imagine anybody playing JFK except for Martin Sheen. Ah, uh, yeah. He just looks like JFK. And he did play JFK in a miniseries called The Kennedys that oh. came out in the 1980s. All right. And so that's what I always remember wow. thinking. Then I'd see Martin Sheen. I'm like, was he the president? I was like six. <laughs> so I didn't know what I was doing. But nice. either way, America's real, I mean, political dynasty 
and we'll do the JFK conspiracy sometime when we bring in an author or something like that. But until then, just know that something was up with that family. And uh, for some reason, they attract more tragedy. Mm. And it could be just how famous and powerful and we know about it than most families. But you think about uh, John F. Kennedy's generation and his brothers and his sisters. And Teddy lives a while. And Rosemary lived to 82 as a vegetable. But that's like a generation wiped out. Mm-hmm. Wow. And it's, it's sad. And um, it's just a lesson in American history and ambition and the drive for power. Well, one of the things we talked about in this episode was the Zap Ruder film that they recreated for JFK. And, well, like we said before, uh, it's a snuff film. You know, it's the most famous yeah. time where you have someone's death recorded on film. And so let's go back in the Wayback Machine, the Sunspot Time Machine. <laughs> And we recorded a song uh, that talks a little bit about JFK's assassination and a little bit about our fascination with the idea of witnessing a death uh, in a song called Snuff Film. listening to today's episode you can find us online at othersidepodcast.com until next time see you on the other side hey mike you know who's been really good who i bet saint nick's gonna put lots of candy and things me um yeah yeah you yeah i'm gonna get he's coming through my keyhole 
You and yeah. our Patreon supporters. Oh my God, I want to put something in their keyhole. <laughs> no, you put it in the stocking. Yes. Or the okay. shoes. Yes. You use the keyhole to sneak in. I'm sneaking in your house tonight. I'm going to put something in your shoes. Probably Dr. Scholl's. <laughs> Maybe order eaters. So thank you, patrons, for being part of our community. We oh, love man. you. We and do love you. And anyone's welcome to join by going to... Othersidepodcast.com slash donate. One of our great Patreons is Ned. 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 You're at the level where we thank you every single episode. That's and right. your support means a lot. Personalized shout to so, Ned. Happy St. Nick's to Ned. We know Krampus isn't going to visit you for sure. Now, if you don't decide to join our Patreon community out there... Well, I would just watch out for a little devil tonight. (laughs) I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille.